Welcome everybody to the San Antonio Realty Pros Podcast. I really hope you guys enjoy this upcoming episode. We intend to bring you guys the best real estate content possible. And you never know, you might learn a thing or two. So sit back and enjoy the show. like you do this all the time too do you have your own podcast uh yeah so i've got a podcast that's on apple itunes spotify and then um to be honest i've been i speak at a lot of national conferences and conventions and stuff and so a lot of those have been moved to zoom um a lot of our board meetings and just um you know i don't know how much you guys know about what we do here or not but you know we obviously i managed the law firm um but i also you know started san antonio's first nba sports agency so we've got a um, couple of the Spurs players that we have uh, right now as our as our clients and some others that across the NBA. So just things have been going, you know, a, a lot. So this has just been uh, actually this was great because I had a client of mine that I was help, able to help out for something. And, you know, just typically what we do. And it was it was just something that I just made a couple calls for him. And then he he's like, I got to be able to help you out with something. I was like, no, man, I don't need anything. And he literally sent me a full this whole equipment with all the, the amp and the mic and everything. And he's just like, he's like, that's the least I can do. So I was like, all right, so we put, awesome. yeah, yeah. we put it to use. Yeah, we put it to use. So well, man, cool. welcome to the San Antonio Realty Pros podcast. I know you guys reached out to us. Um, um, I don't know if you guys saw our information in the Texas Realtor Magazine for July's edition. Uh, if that's how you guys found us or what? Yeah, you know, I've got a I've got a great marketing team, uh, and they they really look for folks that are that are doing you know fun great uh kind of you know just just fun stuff across our, our great city in south texas in general and just I always just love to be meet new people that are that are young that are hustling that are um you know just part of the fabric of what what makes san antonio and our community click and so we're always uh we're always just looking to to uh to get with new people so that, that's probably how they found found you and and then just you know read a lot about y'all and i just like what you guys are doing awesome. yeah we we try to do like um we're actually building this podcast over time. It's It's been about well, like eight months or so. Um, I think I recorded the first episode. Like I was reading literally one of our bulletins that we put out, and I was, I was like a solo deal. And I was like, man, David, we need to really, you know, turn this into something great. And yeah, um, it's been a, a little bit of a pain process because, you know, you have to really devote a lot of time to this. You know, it's, it's not something that can, you can just sit down and say, hey, I'm going to do this every day. Um, especially when you have a busy lifestyle and a busy work life. So um, I guess you guys had reached out because you saw our property uh, tax, like yep. podcast about property tax and disputing yeah, property absolutely. tax. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, when I saw that uh, email from your assistant there, I was like, man, this, this might be a really good opportunity for a resident expert that deals with this all the time. Um, yep. So I'm really glad that you guys reached out to us, and I think that uh, you'll be able to provide some some awesome information to uh, listeners out there. Sweet, so, man. Let's jump in. Yeah, yeah, property tax is definitely a lot of what we've done. I've done probably, uh, we represent annually, um, you know, upwards of $10 billion, uh, $10 billion worth of commercial real estate across South Texas alone. Uh, file annually 400 commercial tax lawsuits uh, every year, um, and then just to help a lot of folks uh, in the residential side just giving them good advice on how to make sure the exemptions and over 65s and 
just everything else that they need right in, in place. Yeah. But um, property tax is a major, major issue right now for a lot of folks, you know, uh, and it's going to become a, a, an even more of a topic here uh, as the, the country really tries to set our state particularly really assesses how we're going to pay for all this stuff. So um, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I was listening to something the other day, and I don't want this to become a political post or uh, no, video or anything, not. but, you know, the governor stated that, look, if you if you guys plan on these cities and towns, if you plan on defunding the police, yep. we're going to lock your property tax in. You're not yeah. going to get any more tax revenue. So yeah, I, read that as well. <laughs> I think that's a pretty strong statement. Um, but, you know, kind of back to the importance of being able to kind of protest your your property tax evaluations where does that really start with the with the homeowner um what are some of the most important things that they really need to look into as far as like hey they're trying to contest this situation they they know that it's overvalued if we provide a cma like david and i do this a lot for clients um you know we'll go and look up sold uh you know properties in the area and it's all comparable directly to the to the home as, as close as we can get it. Um, so what are some of the most important things for them to kind of understand and how to the process, I guess, to take the legal route? Well, so, you know, really in, in contesting property tax, you really have to look at the entire process and, and be and really be cognizant of the cycle. And so one of the things about Texas that's very particularly, you know, kind of I would say unique in many ways is. We are an annual tax reevaluation state. Um, so there are many states that do not reevaluate every year. Texas reevaluates every year uh, on January 1. So real property, uh, business personal property, um, as it sits in Texas, is evaluated every year as it exists in the form on January 1st. Okay. And so uh, raw dirt on January 1, and let's say you start construction on January 15th and you're 100% built um, by, let's say, June 5th of 2020. Your tax bill for January 20, for 2020 will be based on raw dirt because it should be based on raw dirt because it's all that existed on January 1. So it's very, very important to understand, you know, that this is an annual reevaluation state and the state and so do you guys want me to jump into a little bit about the kind of the cycle and the process and then sure. and then kind of talk about that okay. absolutely yeah yeah so just let me know cut me off or if you want me to <laughs> um, you know if i'm talking about something that might be, be be well known but really so every you know so it's impossible for the state uh, for the county and so each county is then administered uh by the state comptroller to value uh your real your real property as it exists and so what they'll do is in this period, they'll evaluate your property and you'll get a, a notice of appraised value, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometime around March to April or so, you'll get in the mail um, a, what's called a notice of appraised value. And so that's the, the counties. And also remember, the cycle is kind of, um, it's at the rear end. So you get, so your 2020 tax bill isn't really paid until the next year. January 3rd of 2021. So they kind of, it's basically you you kind of acquire all your taxes for the year and then you pay it the next year. Many folks in their homes, they'll they'll, um, escrow their taxes, get estimated. So that way they're not getting one big bill at the end or their mortgage provider will acquire it. But so they'll send you a notice of appraised value and say, you know, dear Stephen, this is your home. It was appraised at 250,000 last year. This year it's worth $275,000. 
And there is when you have, as a taxpayer, the opportunity to protest or contest the value that the appraisal district is putting on your real property, which is ultimately what will be multiplied by a tax rate and in which in October you'll get a tax bill. So all it is is just putting you on notice to let you know this is what we valued it at. The protest process is based on when you receive your notice. There's certain deadlines and timelines, but basically put in a nutshell, you got about 30 days, um, give or take, um, to file your protest from when you get that. So it's very, very important, depending on when you get it, that you file your protest timely um, to ensure that you have a right to contest what value they put on. And so once you've protested it and you've done that properly, so many folks will either hire a consultant, um, many folks, homeowners, a lot of residential folks will do it themselves, um, and commercial property owners typically hire a consultant or an attorney. But then you'll be afforded an opportunity to have an, either an, in, you'll have an informal hearing, which is where you just kind of either pick up the phone now, right now it's a lot of by, by phone and Zoom, right. but you'll get a chance to talk with the appraiser about your property uh, and then that's when, if you're not successful informally, you move on to the formal processes. So I'll kind of stop there if you all have any questions. Um, but essentially, that's what you have to do. And that's the first, what I would call the first of, of three steps in actually contesting your property tax. So my neighbor, habitually, every year he comes to me. Hey, can you run some comps for me? Because he's always, if his property taxes went up $100, he would protest it. That's just the kind of guy he is. Well, he, because of COVID this year, he missed the deadline because the office wasn't open. So when mm-hmm. he reached out to the county, they're like, well, you missed the timeline. Uh, you have to now do a formal hearing where he had to go in front of the county commissioner and, and everything like that. Yep. And they asked him, they're like, would you like your evidence packet? And he's like, sure, whatever that is. So he got it and he <laughs> gave it to me. He's like, I don't even know where these houses are at. So I go and I look at it. And in the community I lived in, uh, one acre lots, there's 26 of these, these houses in this community, no amenities. Well, they're pulling comps from where Stephen lives. He lives about seven miles from me in a gated mm-hmm. community on third acre lots with a ton of amenities. And so they were trying to compare his house to these houses where the builder's still at and the builder's artificially producing a lot of equity in there. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't know that they could do that. Is that something that they can do, or should it should it be kind of like in, at least in the real estate world when we're trying to price out houses and appraisers are trying to price out houses, they have to sit within a specific geographical area to try and come up with the most accurate comps. So, would you recommend that everybody always ask for the evidence packet versus uh, just trying to protest it based off of the letter they get in the mail? So, you know, I would tell you why I think it's so, so, so critical about filing a protest for anybody who owns property is that you really do not. And again, this isn't about the county doing something. What a lot of folks have get a lot of what I call personal animosity. They'll believe that there's targeting them. They're like, there's Mm -hmm. just no way they're they're single me out. And I would tell you that that they're not. You know, you have to realize that the, the county appraisal district is is trying to evaluate every single piece of real land and business personal property that exists in Bear County. Think about that for a moment. How many homes, how many <laughs> pieces of land, yeah. how many pieces of commercial property, how many pieces of business personal. And when you're talking about that, that's like saying CPS, every single one of their vehicles. And, and so it's an impossible task 
And so the why it's so critical is to make sure that the information and the assessments that they're giving you are correct. Do they actually reflect what you own in the condition that exists on January 1st? And so what you talked about is correct. A lot of times they're pulling comps that might not be relevant. They may not be relevant. They may not be the, the best. They may not be the most accurate or they may not reflect the condition of, of your property. And so it's very important for you to be able to, one, protest, two, do your homework and research that based on what you know, and three, to be able to articulate the specifics about your property, right? And so a lot of times what happens, like how many times have you guys as real, real estate experts gone in and seen the neighborhood and you see a home and you go, how in the heck is this house valued at X dollars a square foot? And then you go into it and you're like, wow, this is beautiful. It's been yeah. redone. It's been refinished. It's got... You know, it's just it's just a different grade, right? And so when you go in there and you say, okay, you know, it's not that every home in the house is a hundred dollars a square foot. The re- it's really it's about they should be equally and uniformly appraised, um, given you know the condition that you know, given where they are with appropriate adjustments. So again, you can't compare apples to I can't compare an apple to an orange. You've got to get them kind of in line. So that's why I think it's really important to make sure what you touched upon is. You know, running the comps, making sure the information is correct. Um, we've seen, again, again, this isn't a county doing something meticulously about you, but the real thing is, is a lot of them, they just don't know. So sometimes square footage is wrong. In so many instances, and I'll tell you, I've seen it in real estate transactions where literally you've got a survey, you've got a homeowner, you've got a buyer, you've got a, and nobody's got the exact square footage correct, right? It's yeah. listed on Zillow for this, it's listed on Realtor for this. And so, you've got to get that information correct and make sure that they have it so they can update their system. And so when you have that informal or that formal process, that allows you to be able to make sure that they have the right information as to why you're making these assessments, right? Sometimes yeah. roof conditions, you might have a lot of issues in a home compared to your neighbors and say, well, that, yeah, the house down the street sold me for, sold for $150 square foot, but they redid their roof. They did their AC. They did. They did. I had to do all this stuff, and I, I haven't touched my home in twenty years, and I don't. I don't well on intending to do it. So that's the same kind of process that you have. So it's very critical to make sure that you protest it, and very critical that you make sure that you have the ability um, to truly, um, you know, give them the information that uh, about your property. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes, sir. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we have this company that's um, been on our podcast before. They're a local company in New Braunfels. And um, it's called Texas Measurement Solutions, and what they do is verify square footage for situations exactly like that. Um, you've got an appraisal district that's showing the wrong square footage against what the builder told you mm-hmm. uh, or what your plans say. And so a lot of times, um, actually, David used them three or four, what, three or four times to verify? Right, yeah, about four times so far. And you've always because had a discrepancy, right? The same builder would always go to the county and thinking that they were doing a solid for the client and say, hey, this 2,400 square foot house is really 2,250. <laughs> and thinking that they're doing them a solid on the property taxes. Well, if you don't have a savvy realtor that can kind of do some simple math and be like, something's not adding up here, mm-hmm. spend the $100, have somebody come out, measure it, and figure it out. Because yeah. $150, 150 square foot at $158 a square foot is a, a substantial amount of money. Yeah. And Absolutely. so we've done it now three times in the community I live in because it was the exact same builder. And as soon as I found out about one, every time somebody wants to sell a house that was built by them, I'm like, look, you're, you, I can, I'll put money on it right now. I'll bet you the $100 that your square footage is wrong. And yep. sure enough, 
And I'm like, look, you spent $100. Now we can list your property accurately. And, you know, you've now got a $15,000 extra that we can get for your property by spending $100. I'll spend $100 all day to make $15,000. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, big difference. And so that's the same kind of, kind, of, kind of thought process there is making sure that you've got the right information. That's why it's so critical to, to protest and see. And then at the same time, you know, the protest process allows you to make sure that you are uh, being taxed equally and uniformly to your to your uh, quote unquote competitors in the commercial context, but also your uh, your comps in your in the residential market. Now, we mainly do re- uh, residential, but we do do we also do <laughs> do do uh, we also do uh, some commercial. What are your thoughts on? Inventories, because a lot of people don't know this, but depending on your business, the you have to pay taxes on your assets and your inventory as well. So, is there some quick tips that we can kind of put in our hip pocket? So, if we're dealing with somebody like we're going to try and, you know, they want to have us do some comps or they want to uh, try and sell their property, how how to kind of figure out the appropriate value? Yeah, you know, so it really depends. You know, in the residential market, you shouldn't have any kind of inventory tax. You should really just be on your real property, which is right. your land and your improvements. You really don't have some issues there. Uh, in far as the commercial context, it's it, it gets very, very complicated. So in a nutshell, without getting into, you know, a long explanation of it, is depending on how the property is being assessed is whether you have uh, business personal property inventory uh, as a separate taxable category. In most commercial contexts or in more and more commercial contexts, the appraisal districts, uh, by virtue of the state comptroller, have moved to what's, uh, what's called an income-based approach. And the income-based approach includes the personal property, business personal property inventory. So an easy example is a hotel. So a hotel has uh, land and it has uh, real property, right? The building and, and then it's got personal property. It's got TVs and chairs and all that. The idea behind the income approach is that it takes all of that value into account uh, to value what the business is worth, the real property is worth, because because of that, it generates income. So mm-hmm. a room without a TV and a bed and a nightstand and a microwave, it's not going to generate the same revenue per room that it would had it had those features, right? So right. Because of those features, the added revenue that it does or doesn't do is attributed to that. So those types of properties, apartment complexes, um, you know, hotels, uh, most o- operating businesses, they don't, what they do is they look at, uh, based on income and value it. Now, if you're approaching property based on, um, other methodology, you could have business personal property. And then it gets complex. If you're talking about, you know, mechanical equipment, airplanes, um, cars, if you, you know, you've got a lot of vehicle inventory, um, things like that. So you could have personal property inventory, but again, the underlying context lies the same. You have the opportunity to, to protest the valuation. You have the opportunity in BPP to render, i.e. provide them the information of the equipment that you have with your uh, breakdown of how you value it or where the valuation sits. And so it's critical to make sure that you or your internal team are really assessing that because you, know, you might have depreciated an asset based on the dep- depreciation schedules um, and so you really want to make sure that you're accurately assessing what those what those numbers are. But um, so it can get pretty convoluted. And that's right. where you'll see a lot of, um, you know, sometimes litigation occur because you're not able to resolve the value, uh, can't meet, have a meeting of the minds. But in residential, fairly straightforward. Right. It's it's usually based on uh, more of a sales uh, comparison approach. 
Awesome. Yeah. So what would somebody do? Like say if somebody's having an issue, um, personally protesting their taxes and they just can't get anywhere, should they reach out to legal counsel like yourself and say, Hey, look, you know, what does that process look like? I mean, is it a one or two time failure for them? Do they reach out to you or do you think that they should reach out to you? Um, you know, in preparation for that? Sure. So it's a, it's a great question, right? And I would tell you, kind of walking through the process again. So once you filed your protest, I always look at it as two ways. Um, in the residential market, what I typically advise folks is uh, if they have the time, if they have the ability, the inclination, or they've got a really good relationship with uh, their real estate agent or uh, an agency, to really try to do the protest uh, themselves. I will yeah. tell you that the appraisal district is usually, or the ARB members, the folks that you're protesting to, they're made up of constituents that live within your county, okay? So they're made up of people like yourselves uh, that want to sign up and be an ARB member. And they usually want to hear, or I believe that it's better to hear from the owner of the home themselves as to condition and characteristics of their home as to why it's overassessed. One, yeah. they're the one, you're the one that, you're the one that lives there. You're the one that knows your property. You're the one that knows what it's worth and why it's not worth what they're telling you it's worth. And so I think that those, that type of evidence comes best from, from you or somebody that knows your property well or knows the market well. And I think that um, most of the time, rather than calling an attorney like myself in the residential space, um, is better to work with somebody that really understands um, you know, the residential market. Real estate agents that I know there are quite a few real estate agents that will um, that also do property tax consulting for uh, they get licensed and they're they're real estate consultants for just residential properties. Um, they know the market. They know how to run comps. They know what's what the you know what's moving. How many days on market things are sitting. So they're they're really you know experts in that category. Um, but I think it is important if you're going to do it yourself. Couple couple helpful hints I can always leave, tell people. Number one have good information and evidence. Don't go in there um, just telling them how it's, they're really upset about how the value is and don't have any information to back it up, right? Whatever information you can gather, you can glean, organize it and bring it in there. Whether it's pictures, whether it's, you know, information that you had from a hail damage that wasn't covered, you've had foundation issues, roof issues, you know, uh, you just said whatever it might be, okay? Traffic, there's yeah. been a new traffic light put in a new school came in that's causing you life hell, whatever it is, go in with information that you can substantiate, show and give them, right? You want to show them that you're there with real information, not just complaining. Number two, this is an advice that I give everybody. And for some, it's very easy. And for some, it's not, some it's difficult. So I'll give it, I'll give an example. Have you ever been in a line and somebody's in front of you and they're asking for something and they're yelling and they're mad and they're screaming and you're watching the face of the lady or the or the other or the, or the individual that's there behind a the counter, and they've shut down. Yeah, right? they've they already turned zero, you off. Yep. They got zero desire yep. to give you the seat, the upgrade, whatever it is that you're wanting. And I will tell you, in my life, I've made it this creed: is that I try to stand right behind that person and be the next person up at the counter yep. because my deal is like, hey, hey, Joe, how are you doing today? Oh, doing great, man. You know. I see that it's a full flight, but is there any way, you know, you might be able to get me on to the 2.30 and, you know, and before you know it, they're typing the keyboard and they're working to help you out. And so all that analogy to say, don't go in there yelling and screaming and fighting with them. They're not there 
to, to, they're really not there as an enemy that you need to really go in there and, and, and show them without that animosity as to why the appraisal district just got the valuation wrong and why they have the ability to fix it. Yeah. Right. And so in my opinion, when you're there and think about these appraisal district, appraisal review board members, they're there all day, every day. So if they hear 50 people coming in there yelling at them, the three people that are going in there with some good information and trying to have them look at it, they're probably going to get what they need. So that's been a big philosophy of mine to help people. But in the residential space, definitely do that. Now, there are instances where you're just, you know, you're really not happy. And so you, you can do, there are solutions for you. If you go to the informal, don't get the result you want. Go to the formal, still don't get the result you want. There's binding arbitration in Texas that allows you to uh, very cost-effectively uh, file what's called binding, uh, binding arbitration. And you don't have to be an attorney. You don't have to hire a lawyer. You, don't, you can go yourself. And that's a great process that Texas has afforded uh, uh, you know, residential, primarily residential folks and commercial properties under a certain value to be able to have access to the system without having to spend so much money. Yeah. So in reality, if you're debating, let's say, a, a $100,000 in value, that's a big number. But in reality, that's about $2,400, $2,500, right? In real, in real dollars, in real tax dollars, about, you know, depending on your tax rate and exemption, it's only about $2,400, $2,500. So it's hard to go hire a lawyer, go to court, have filing fees, and do all that, and, and actually come away with something. So the binding arbitration process is, 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 is a great example. So if you've got a $50,000 value dispute, you know, you're talking about $1,200, $1,300, you can still afford yourself that process. Commercial property owners, I almost always recommend them contact uh, you know, uh, a professional, whether it's a property tax consultant at the first level, and then make sure that they have a good property tax attorney at the second level, because it can get very complicated. You want to be careful about what type of information you're producing in litigation, because again, it can become uh, subject to certain things, you know, public records requests and, and information like that. So you want to be careful about your business records that you're giving out. But, but um, that's essentially the process. So for residential folks, my suggestion is be prepared, go in there with the attitude that you want them to help you and usually can come out successful. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to the old saying is documentation beats conversation. You know, you, you definitely want to position yourself in the strongest way possible. And then the other is the golden rule. You want to treat these people the way that you would want somebody coming and talking to you about contesting some situation. They already know that you're showing up and you're not happy, obviously. So, or that you have an issue. It's not that you're not happy, but you're already there to make sure that you want to contest what their findings are. So there's no point in getting upset and uh, trying to make a you know, scene because it's not definitely going to help you. <laughs> Most of these people yeah. are just going to you know, tell you to kick rocks and, you know, going to fight you all the way because they have more time and resources than you as a person uh, to, you know, make sure that they prove their point. But as long as you have your paperwork, it seems like that's probably always going to be the best bet. Absolutely. Well, man, um, look, I know we're getting kind of short on time, and I think we could probably uh, do a couple of these episodes. So if that's something that you guys are interested in doing, um, you know, we can definitely set something up down the road and, and kind of dive into some of these specific topics if you'd like and um, maybe even get into a little bit of your, your practice there at, uh, at your firm and, and learn a little bit more about you. And um, I really just wanted to say that I appreciate you coming on and giving us the amount of information that you uh, were able to in the, in the short amount of time that we had today. But um, Anytime. Well, I, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate what you guys are doing. 
Um, you know, uh, if there's ever anything I can help you guys with, let me know. Um, but you know, again, you know, I always tell property owners that this is a fundamental right that you have in, in, in my opinion, uh, that the Texas state constitution and, and thankfully our country allows us uh, to have is the right to own property. And, you know, uh, in, in taxation is one way that can affect our rights to own, um, you know, really own uh, what we have. Right. And so it's, it's important to protect it. It's important to make sure it's correct. And ultimately what many of you guys talked about is it, it also affects your resale value, right? Because yeah. as we know, we all, as owners, we might be looking uh, at a property based on its price, but really what we're doing is we're looking at what we can afford on a monthly basis. Right. right? And so when you take into it, we all know it's not just your mortgage payment, it's your mortgage payment, it's your uh, principal, your interest, your property taxes, your insurance, your HOA fees. That's what you're really looking to afford, right? And, and we all know that that adds up in, in, in significant amounts because if it was just the mortgage, um, we'd be, many of us would be buying houses far beyond the numbers that we do, right? And yeah. so it's very, very important. Um, last thing, if I can give a couple of tips, uh, tips to people um, you know, that they're in the residence, make sure that they've got all of the appropriate exemptions filed and timely. Yeah. There are multiple exemptions that are available, uh, to disabled veterans, to those over 65, um, those that are surviving spouse of somebody who's over 65, um, homestead exemptions, all of us that own a home entitled to those homestead exemptions. So, you know, it's very, very important to make sure that you've got those filed and in place because they can save you a significant amount of money. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's critical. Right. And so, um, I always say, make sure you do that a lot of times, so many times I see that those exemptions aren't in place and it just, you know, it, 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 it just, it's money that you, uh, really are just giving away and, and, and you can use that opportunity, especially in times like this, uh, for, for many other things. So just make sure that you've got all your exemptions in place and also just don't take it for granted because it's there. Um, cause a lot of times, you know, the appraisal district has the right to kind of pull those and you know, mm-hmm. kind of have you go back and confirm the paperwork's still accurate and correct. And so make sure that you're, you're, you're looking at that when you get that tech statement. If you're fine with the value, fine. Make sure that the homestead exemption over 65, whether you got a disabled veteran, there's so many different exemptions in place. Make sure that you're taking advantage of those. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, how can uh, people reach out to you uh, and your company if they have oh, questions or need your help? No, so always, always great question. Easy way to get a hold of us. You can find us all over social media. You can find us at Patel Gains, and that's P-A-T-E-L-G-A-I-N-E-S.com. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can always give us a call at the office at 210-460-7787. Um, you can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at patelgains.com. Um, but just if you ever have any questions, have any needs, let us know. And guys, keep doing what you guys are doing. If you ever need me again, don't hesitate to reach out. I appreciate it. I'm glad I got, got a chance to meet y'all. Yeah, appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule, too. So we hope you have a great day. Absolutely. Anytime. Take care, guys. Take right, care. Best of luck. Yeah. All right, Bye, guys. Take care. See you. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,